What's up, people? You're tuned into Living Millennially with Steph Kai, a safe place tackling life as a millennial, discussing topics we should be talking about but are afraid. From the highs and the lows of relationships to the struggles of everyday life, church, work, people, and staying sane. Let's break it down and detox as we try to find a way to make it out alive. If you don't show up for yourself, then who will? It's a safe space. Make with that now. Living Millennially with Steph Kai. Welcome back guys to another episode of Living Millennially with Steph Kai. This is actually one of the episodes I was looking forward to because we are trying to brook out our brokenness. <laughs> and I have my friend here, Yasmin Reed, who is a financial advisor, right? Mm-hmm. Financial advisor, yeah. And she'll tell you a little bit more about herself. But this is a very special episode because, you know, as young people, we need to have that wealth management and all of that. So remember guys to tune into the other episodes that have been out. So where can people find you on social media? If, uh, if they wanna because uh you know people may want to reach out to you and okay. ask some questions. So my social that. media is actually Yasmin Reed underscore Bill's Okay, so spell so, that for them Y A S M I N M I N R E I D underscore Bills B U I L D S Well. Yeah. Okay, so it's Yasmin Reed underscore Bills Well. So guys you can message you on Instagram for any questions. So, Yasmin, tell me a little bit about yourself. That's, oh, that's the first question I always ask people, like, who are you? Alright, so my name is Yasmin Reed. As Steph said, I am a financial advisor. I've been working in this profession for about three years. Okay, I absolutely love it. And I have grown to appreciate everyone in this industry. I've seen the importance, especially for millennials. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to you yeah for this podcast right? yes <laughs> and i'm very excited so you're excited when i hear financial advice i just i just think of annoying people who just really come from my workplace i hear that all the time like, you know whenever i see people i'm like jesus i'm racing you know but i guess you will why do you think like, why do you feel like that though uh, because of the kind of they're kind of abrasive, pushy pushy so, yeah so like the ones that i've experienced across all institutions it's just like they're trying to force it yeah for, but but i don't, I don't really it. understand what it is that i'm getting into so i know you will dispel all of those rumors today and all that stuff so let's start with talking about budgeting what exactly about budgeting why is budgeting important and uh, like for me who is a government worker we, we, we clearly have to learn to budget because we don't get enough money already so what is budgeting why is it important Tell us. All right. So, budgeting. What a budget really is, it's a financial tool that you should use to just be able to know how to spend your money. Mm -hmm. 
no matter how much you make. Yeah. Right? So when you think of budgeting, you really want to, to always address how much money you make, your income, how you spend that money, and what what income is disposable. Right. Right? Um, what is disposable income? Like disposable income is what you have left after expenditure. So expenditure is your bills and just any the money that you okay. need for your day-to-day use. Mm-hmm. And even for, you know, entertainment. Right. What's left back for you. Mm-hmm. Right? But a lot of people, they, they think they know what budgeting is, but they really don't apply it. Especially like a while ago you said government workers. You think you're budgeting now. But then at the end of the month, you really don't have nothing. You don't really know where the money goes. Preach! You Preach. understand? So when you sit down with a financial advisor, this is something that should really be addressed. It's supposed to go further than just selling you something. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get a sale, it's supposed to actually go through a budget with someone. Right. right? And most of the time when I actually go through people's budget, they realize how much they spend unnecessarily. So, yeah, that's well, basically it. Well, as you said, unnecessarily, millennials, young people in general, people in general, we just spend money enough. Um, why, though? Why is that the case? And also, how do we really budget? Like, what are the steps to doing that? Okay, so when you get your money monthly, mm-hmm. you have to be very intentional about it, mm-hmm. right? So if you, if you even get paid today, make sure you do your budget today, right? Because the first dollar that comes out, it's going to be missing, right? What you should do is that you should write down the most important bills first, right? So for those of you that pay in rent, um, you know, your utilities, your groceries, money that you need to get to work, travel. Some of us have loans that we have to pay. Those things are necessary. And then, at, if you should have money left back, <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> like me, I'm, I'm not, not left somebody, back. I'm not somebody that tells you, oh, don't enjoy your life. Right, yeah. Right? You have to have some kind of balance. balance yeah. So you should split it. I had also mentioned before the 50, 30, 20 rule. Mm-hmm. I like to stick to that because it kind of allows you to just separate your money mm-hmm. and it's relative no matter how much you're making. What is the 50, 20, 30, 50, 30, 30 20, 20 rule? Yeah. So the 50, 30, 20 rule is, it basically says that whatever you make, 50% of your budget, mm-hmm. of your money, your income should be for your needs right 30% for your wants and 20% for your savings and investments right and that 20% it shouldn't go lower than that let us say your situation is different from mine let's say i have more expenses you i rent you don't right that 50% for me might be a hundred thousand dollars but you don't need you don't need to spend 50% of your salary mm-hmm. so maybe in that case you're what your needs could be 40 percent right yeah. but instead of making your wants 40 percent what they say is increase your savings and investments right and no matter how much you make along the way always try and make keep that that breakdown relative to whatever you make okay right all right um well uh, Budgeting is just something that still we need to learn on a whole mm-hmm. because a lot of people, as you said, still don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when I budget, I'm just like, I just write down, you know, oh, pay that, pay that, pay that, and then the rest of the money may just spin off. So. Yeah, so do you save? Um, uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> um, saving. I try to save, but then like financial obligations that I have, 
and being a government worker yeah it's hard but i do try what i want to know is all right i like to explain this to people when they say pay yourself first mm-hmm. they don't actually mean the money that you spend on yourself to feel nice they actually mean what's left back mm-hmm. to invest or save right right no think about this the money that you spend on yourself mm-hmm. you want to go out and eat something nice mm-hmm. maybe you want to take somebody on a date mm-hmm. i don't know a party whatever you want to spend any money on you're not actually paying yourself you're paying the promoter you're paying the restaurant owner you're paying the person that owns the clothes store mm-hmm. and those people they're making the money you feel good but then what's left back for you at yeah. the end of the day right so that's why i break down the 50 30 20 that is in the 30 percent but the 20 is what you have for you because it doesn't make sense you're working somewhere for five six seven eight nine ten years and you have nothing to show because right. what's left back for you is what you will help to build your life which is happening with a lot of persons like at um that i've seen like in government and stuff working for like 15 20 years and, and they don't have anything they don't have them. anything yeah, so exactly. yeah that's a very important point so moving on then how do we become financially literate then like you know how do we develop these trends and um traits that like will get us like to be fiscally prudent and responsible i mean like sometimes we really want to do it you know but like we just don't have the kind of support and energy so what exactly is financial literacy and why should i be financially literate when i can't just graph all right so i would tell you Firstly, those same people that calling you, calling, calling you and annoying you. I mean, if you don't like them energy, you don't have to deal with them. Because yeah. it is a relationship. You have right. to feel comfortable with the person that you're doing business with. But you can take up yourself and go to these institutions mm-hmm. and develop you know, a business relationship with these people. You have your, your banks. You have your stock brokerage. You have your life advisors. You have all of these investment firms. And you have accountants that can help you. Like, try and speak to these people because they're professionals in that area. Mm -hmm. Now, the point of a financial advisor is really to help you. Some people might be a bit too pushy. But the truth is, when you speak to them, you actually learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, why are they pushy, though? Why? It it, Um, it just comes with the territory. It's the culture. It's the culture. It's the culture. It's sales. You do have some that are very aggressive, but then you do have others that try to put your your needs first, and those are the ones that are, you know, they do well in the in in the industry. You see them taking it as a profession, and you can actually look up for those people. Find somebody that has been in the in the industry for a very long time, right? That can advise you best, um, because if you don't, you know get knowledgeable on the topic of finances you actually cost yourself right in the long run so it's something that i tell people is very important to read your books talk to these people because all of us have to deal with finances every single person has to come home and count their money at the end of the day yeah you know it's something we all have to do unless you have like a sugar mama or a papa or something like that <laughs> and not even them won't give out the money anymore because these people too hello Hello. Oh. <laughs> you gotta be working yes, for it. Exactly so. And even sugar mama and papa have to budget them money. Because yeah, they yeah, need to yeah, know how much yeah. they have to give. Yeah. Right? So it's something that you should it's something that you should definitely get control of mm-hmm. and speak to these people. Yeah. Right? So I encourage that all the time. I encourage people to just have a conversation. I know they're annoying. But find somebody that you would want to work with. Yeah. Right? You said stock stock brokerage. Um, that's something that's becoming 
increasing mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's increasing in jamaica and i saw the other day that the jamaican stock market is one of the best stock markets it's actually in the number world. one yeah number one in the world mm-hmm. um what exactly is a stock like that's something i genuinely don't understand so if you can just touch in touch on it a little bit a little bit all right so basically what it is is that you are investing mm-hmm. in companies mm-hmm. that have gone public mm-hmm. public meaning they're so they are you own mm-hmm. a piece of that company right. right so the performance of that company is dependent on yeah mm-hmm. and so you will get returns based on the performance mm-hmm. so people are looking into that because you know right now the way the economy is going it's better you put your money in these um in these companies because you, you you try and project the long-term growth right so that's, it's yeah, a long-term kind of investment it's a long-term thing, yeah. some people don't some people trade it in and out but mm-hmm. for most people it's a long-term investment and we've definitely seen people like warren buffett right he's what the third richest person in the mm-hmm. world and for many years people didn't know about what he was doing he was just buying stuff buying stuff buying stuff and his progression was slow but it was guaranteed mm-hmm. right and then he just escalated so Companies like Coca-Cola and stuff, he has majority shares in those companies. Mm. Um, and it took time, but he's obviously in a better position now. That's an that's that's important thing you said. It was slow, but it's sure. Slow. Yeah. And investing is slow. One thing I really want to say is try and stay away from anything that seems quick. Right. Because wealth takes time. It's not something that is going to happen overnight. Yeah. Right? It's a long-term thing and that's why it's important for us to start. No, especially as millennials because we have the time, right? From somebody that's like our parents. They don't have time. Right? They oh don't God. have oh, that's time. That's so morbid. You know, like, oh my morbid. God, this, they was like, 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 Because we only have our working years. Yeah. And if they are 55 and they have 10 more years, yes, they can be putting a lump sum into investing right now, but we who have 30, 40 years, Right, we can really capitalize on that now. Yeah. Right. So definitely encourage um investment. There are lots of like investment forums now. I told some of my clients to go to them, and a lot of them turn out. A lot of young people are interested in that. So I encourage that. It might seem like a lot of money to spend, but what you gain from it yeah. is far better than Beneficial what you spend. Exactly. Okay. How do you know if you're financially healthy? Um, what are the signs of that? What are the signs? Okay. Number one, you're not thinking about the money all the time. All right, that means I'm unhealthy, guys. Yeah, um, I, I'm declaring us, it. I am unhealthy. Us. You know, if you're thinking about where you're going to get the, where you going to get the money for this, you think if debt is killing you, mm-hmm. which a lot of us, that's what stresses us out. I mean, like I'll just be open now. Like, guys, my car loan, I kill me. Like, <laughs> my insurance, we just can't manage it. So I'm, oh, I'm always open about my finances. I mean, like, most of us take out a car loan or whatever or do whatever. But I mean. Yeah, it's it. Everything's so expensive. So how do we become expensive. healthy? What does it look everything like? Everything is expensive. With this meager salary. Ah, uh, what I can tell you is try and number one. Stay within your limits. So. Stay within your limits. Don't don't take on too much just because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. I can tell you about Jamaica. That is a, this is a place. Where the minute we start making some money, we want flashy car, we want this and that, and it's not even if you if your salary can can manage the monthly payments yeah it might seem like it's okay but when tire bus and when engine not for buy and all of that and you actually don't have the money to be able to finance that that's when you realize okay it took on too much right because now you have to take a loan 
for pay that that's another additional expense in your monthly income right so um definitely don't take on too much i i think financial health is something that it's constant like it's like a balance like i tell people it's like a scale um when you actually think about a financial portfolio people always think oh investment investment it's not only investment Mm -hmm. right and this is where my field comes in because a truly secure financial person their portfolio consists of investment related products or like wealth creation but they also manage their risk Mm -hmm. so when you're managing your risk it means that should something bad happen money is there for that what is a risk like a risk basically like anything that could throw you off again so death illness or just day-to-day emergencies Mm -hmm. even the same scenario i tell people you need to buy a tire it shouldn't be that if something happened to your car you You don't have savings you shouldn't be in an emergency like you you should be able to at least have at least three months of what you're making put down if your job let you off today and you don't have any money you're a desperate man now you're going to go and get a job that you're you're overqualified for you understand just because you need the money to pay the bills when you know that okay somebody that has peace of mind know that okay at least have three months it's like I can't, you know, you can deal with it. You yeah. can deal with it when it's happening. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a balance, it's a scale. And you should never have too much of one and too little of the other. You have to always look and say, okay, you have to always assess your situation and say, okay, where I'm in life right now, if a big tragedy should happen, am I okay? Can I back that? Do I have savings? Do I have insurance? Yeah. If I should get sick, do I have health insurance? If I don't have health insurance insurance for my job, do I have money in the bank to be able to to, to bath any big problem you know that problem that might come up? So so what's like then c- coming off of that then to underscore your point? Um, what are like three things at this stage and age of life? Because twenty to thirty, yeah, people who are working now. What what are like three things that you should engage in to reach like a some level of financial literacy and mm-hmm. health like what would you say to like a young person now to a young person one one two three or just one thing that you should do start like tomorrow start look about tomorrow it. all right what i usually encourage is definitely investing mm-hmm. having some liquid investments mm-hmm. What's a liquid investment? Liquid meaning in an emergency you can't touch it. But okay. but the money's there and it's getting good growth. Right. Because okay. right now saving your money in the bank, you're not gonna get the returns that you want. Yeah. Right? So um just putting as much as of your income um there as that you can. So that's invest well, investing in general. Number two, I stress critical illness because um I I think Alright, so investing in critical illness, it's actually, as I said, it's an investment in itself because what buys you insurance is your health. So we shouldn't take for granted that we're young. Yeah, because we, we don't know what's going to happen. Want to know if exactly. you have cancer, diabetes, whatever. And not even cancer, like you could get hit by a car and then something happens to you, you're paralyzed. You'll never get insurance after that, you know? So, and when it is that you actually make a claim, you don't get insurance after that critical illness so you want to know that if anything should happen to you later on when it's more expensive mm-hmm. you have this you secure it when it's cheaper mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and if something should happen you'll be out of work because we're young people we need the jobs right now yeah we need the money 
I can still pay my bills. If I'm out of work for two years, five years, I can still pay my bills. I can start a business. I can I have enough money from that to ensure that I'll be okay, even if my life should change, right? Because these years are the fundamental years for us. This is the years that we have to do the most. We want to get our house, we want to get our car, we want to start a business, all of these things. So critical illness for young people, very important. And I have been encouraging other people to look into, you know, getting a home. Mm-hmm. I know it's like a touch that's, a, actually, that's actually the next question I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Home ownership. Home mm-hmm. ownership. I know it's hard because a lot of people are not making a lot of money. Well, I mean, NHG recently increased their percentage yeah. thing, but it's still not enough with these $20 million studios. Yeah, that, I know. Yeah. I know. Middle class living these days. Yeah. Um, or you can just not ban um, latte as a proven guy. Exactly. Said. But I still encourage it. Look into it. If you can go and talk, if you can get like a first, you don't have to get anything big yeah bashy and i think that's the that's that's the image in her mind you know because like back in the day like these older persons th- their achievement was like to live on the top of a hill or whatever but for now really like us to just have a, a nice like, a cute studio or... i think some people still want to live on the hill you know well yes people so... still want to live big well that's true they want to wait until they can get that big yeah thing. and they're not understanding that okay in order do to something reach now, their... you know secure that it could be a matchbox Secure it. You understand? Because the value will go up. And you can rent it out. It's an investment. And at least it will be yours. So you'll be paying mortgage mm-hmm. instead of rent. And later down, you'll have that. You know? So um, those are the three things I would tell you to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, debt control. How do you deal with that? All right. This, this is actually a touchy topic. Most people, as I sit down with, this is the one thing that's on their back. Especially student loan. For young people. Student loan is the number one loan I always hear about. Credit card? Student loan. Even more. Mm. Because what I find is that people didn't really understand how it worked. Mm -hmm. And And they just regret. They just regret having it because... Well, thank God to my mother, I never had to take student loan. I never had to take it Paid for all the university whatever, trying pocket, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I never take it either and I really... I realize now how stressing it is, especially yeah. for the people, even though you see the, the doctors and the dentists and they're making money when they come out, but their student loan is a lot of money. Yeah. So some people bought in for the 13 Even guys. though some they have minimum um, scholarships and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I can say, some people can't avoid the de- their situation. Yeah. I'll just say, pay the minimum balance. Yeah. Pay the minimum balance so the interest does spin out of control. Uh, but if you can pay more, Pay more. Try and clear it off as fast as possible, because that's going to be something that's going to be on your back for as long. It's like it it cripples you. That debt cripples you, literally. So, as much as you can, try and you know they have like methods that they use, and you can speak to advisor about that. That you can use like to you know put something in place to like close it down over like two years, three years, you know. So, do you have like you as a financial advisor? Do you think you have it together or? personally i can tell you this i don't have it together all the time yeah just being honest because at the end of the day i'm a millennial too yeah right so i have to do all these things that i sit down with yeah and talk to people about i have to do it every day to understand that like you are just as real as you're I trying to have, sell the product yeah. to people and, and yeah. i know and i can relate and i can't go and act like i'm on my high horse and i don't think any advisor has it all together all the time you know but it's really just practicing what you preach and 
you know, you, you really have to remember that we're all human beings. We all have to do this. So, mm-hmm. definitely not where I want to be, but on the path, I have to be very strict. I, I think for us, we have to be even stricter. Because there are so many niceties and glamour and things to just, and, you know? And our job, people... People, how people perceive you is what gets you. So in this job, you have to spend a lot of money. Yeah, to look you know? good and all of those yeah, things. Yeah, and it's the truth. So it's you have to budget. You have to learn how to for breath on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. That's funny. Um, so I want to ask a question though. Like for instance, I have some friends who do med, for instance, and the whole student loan thing. But like they still take out these big cars and all of that thing and them know them already under a lot of debt what causes people to do these things like why what's the reasoning behind it like obviously you them one breath but like why breath and like you're living paycheck to paycheck and like you really can't make it i can't answer for them <laughs> i just think it's a culture thing yeah what do you think? Um, honestly, I just feel like you just have to keep up with the status. You're a doctor or like you're this or that. So you have to have a certain type of car. Like for me, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I drive a very simple car and it takes me to where I need to go to. So for now, I can be okay with that. I don't need a BMW or anything like that. But I mean, and everybody's to be honest, to be priority honest, is different. To be honest, I feel like once you can afford it, fine. Yeah. If you so you're, you are saying that. Once yeah, you can if you can afford it, it fine. It. There are people out here that can really afford it, but then there's some that can't. To me, it doesn't make sense that you're paying. I mean, to me, it wouldn't make sense to pay a whole lot on a car loan when you could be putting that money into your mortgage or something. But some people are very comfortable. I don't understand why you get a big car when you just start working, if it's your friend that just starts in mid, because they could be doing more with that money. But... We don't know their situation. Maybe the they have a family. The Maybe they have to drive far. They don't want a small car. The road bad. Well, that's true. You know, we like, don't we don't know because some people just don't want to drive a small car. But the newer the car, the less the monthly payment. The less monthly payment, but for the, long, the longer you pay it. Right. But what I find now is that people are not really paying off their car loan. What they're doing is that they're taking it for a couple years and, and then it. switching it out. So they just it's like almost like you're leasing a car. Yeah. So they'd rather pay less. Because even when I was buying my car, it was cheaper for me to buy a newer car than to get a car that was probably two years older. Yeah. So, I ended up taking a newer car, but yeah. the loan is for longer. Yeah. Right? So, it all depends on your situation. I honestly can't say Jamaica is just a place. And I don't know if it's just Jamaica because, like, I, my sister, she's living in Europe now, and they live so simply. That's what they want No, they don't. Legit. Like, my friend lives in Canada and it's eco friends, eco car. Like, nobody wants. They want a car that can fit into the any Caribbean spot. mindset, man. Like, and you'll see somebody as simple, and they have enough money in the bank. Them rich, real rich. And them living simple. <laughs> so, I don't know why we're like this. Jamaica is just a very. You know, flashy place. We're like we're prideful. So yeah. So then, how do we? What can we change then to ensure like the upcoming generation gets we, all of this kind of stuff? That onus is on us. So like, alright. So that's why I'm so happy that you, that you would have some uh, program like this mm-hmm. because we don't learn this in school, and it's actually very sad because to me. Like, what you when what all of your school education are you using that uh, now? I, are you using that now? I didn't. I'm not using Pythagoras theorem or the matrices or nothing like that. It doesn't apply. 
What finances apply? Well, there's a reason I'm sure why they do this because they want to keep down black people. So, but you know that. So if you, when you have your family now and you you have them in the home, these conversations need to be had in the home. And even if it's not had in the home, in any institution, mm-hmm. you know, I find that people don't want to talk about money, they don't want to talk about your salary, they don't want to talk about like people have a taboo. You don't want to tell me how much you make. Yeah, and I understand that, that, you don't that, want to start your thing. business and thing, whatever, yeah. but we just have to break out of it because the more it's kept hush hush, this will just continue. Well, I mean, like for government workers, we really can't escape it because, like, the whole of our salary is listed on the mm-hmm. Ministry of Finance website. So, <laughs> so, you know, like when people at my workplace are like, you know, I don't want to tell you, I'm like, but we, we know your skill, know. We, we know, know your yeah. level. So, we know you so you're saying to start being more proactive about like learning these things on your yeah. own. Yeah. Like there was this one who gave me this book about like reading about financial whatever. I mean, never, but one day I just took it over and I was going to and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. if you actually knew these things from longer. People think it's corny. Yeah. People think it's corny, yeah. but honestly, to me, what would you rather? Sit down and watch people life all day on Instagram and you know, ray, 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 chat, 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 or actually better your life. Yeah. You know, and better someone else's life because if if our the truth, I mean, some I always tell people I don't blame our parents because some of them really didn't know any better. And yeah. a lot of times when you talk to them, they're like, nobody, nobody never showed me yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if we know, the duty is on us to actually, share you know, share knowledge. it and create generational wealth because the truth is the wealthy people they pass it down. Yeah, like we don't. The Azans, the Amars. They pass it down. They pass it down. We don't. So we have to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, there's one more thing I want to ask you. Saving. What's really the concept behind saving? Because, like, for me, I save, but, like, like by the time we're done for the month, I go back and take it out. All right. So, so that's the thing. People think saving. What is it? You have different levels of saving. Mm-hmm. Nothing is wrong with that kind of saving. Mm-hmm. Because if you need the money, you use it. You need Right. Right. So but that, you have so, to split yeah. it up. You can't be putting all of your saving in one account. Okay, great. You have your savings for like, all right, so even with me, mm-hmm. you're asking me like what I do. Mm-hmm. I split up. So I know so there's this one account that, okay, send our money to that every month. And when the car want license, and when the car want insurance, it's just that account you coming out of. You want to travel, you want this, is just that account. Because that's actually your savings that you're going to touch. If anything, you know, it's there for that purpose, for whatever you need it for. Mm-hmm. But then you have your savings or your investments, the one that you don't want to touch, right? You actually want it to grow. You should only touch that in the case of a real yeah, emergency. emergency. You want that money to really grow. That's when you actually do your long-term investments. That's for like, okay, you know that, okay, by the time, pension is nothing for us. Government workers, worse, no, right? It's, it's, so you know that by the time you, if, and most of us don't want to stop working at 65, but if we get tired on to the job, we have to. At 65, I don't want to know that I'm getting no little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Can't pay my bills till age. Because I plan to live until age 100, I tell everybody. So I don't want to know that I can't... My money going down. Now, Jesus. You know? I don't want my money going down. So you have but a long term... important thing. Pension. Um, yeah. Start contributing to that from now. Yeah. And yeah. do more than that. Yeah. Because even that is not... In itself, enough. is not enough. Right. So... So your long-term investment and your liquid investment. So you're putting on money and you're knowing that you're getting... And right now, this is the time to be doing it because I'm telling you, if, you can, if you're getting 20% growth a year or more on a 12-month period, 
a lot of people in the world are not getting that. Yeah. So this is the time to do that. Because if you're constantly doing that over the next 10, 20 years, imagine how much money you would have actually made on your money. Yeah. Right? So savings, that you have to split it. But you have some people who say, you know, my salary is just exact. How do they save? If they really... If they say like they get $60,000 right, a month... At, if you get $60,000 a month from your salary, you, know, you have to look into yourself and say, okay, if... The only way to actually have more money is either you cut down your expenses yeah. or you get another source of income. Yeah. So either you're going to actually do something, get a skill, get another... And most people in Jamaica are doing more than one thing, yeah. right? And that income is now going to become your savings, yeah. right? Because you can't, if you can't cut down your bills, just can't cut down your bills. That's the truth. Because there's only so much you can cut down. Yeah. You're going to have to try and find something else to do. Invest. Try and find something that you can do. Invest. See if you can... People doing all kind of things now, Steph. Well, I People mean, I do, I do singing, I People, do MCing, exactly. and some like a use side your talent, Use your talent yeah. and put down the money. So that's I have a friend thing. that use is an talents. artist and she literally told me that she's making more money from selling her paintings than the actual than job. the actual job. And she's literally just painting, selling every weekend, just knowing that she want to invest, invest, invest. So she can eventually leave the corporate world. And I appreciate people like that because they know that, okay, this is not forever. I'm going to use what I have, make some money from it. So I can actually put down. Because you have to put down for yourself. Yeah, but what if everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur? You know, like... Well, then you're going to have to go the education route. Because the only way to move up in the corporate world is to actually have something behind name and do a job well done. And right. then you'll be recommended to go move up. It takes long, though. I ask people not really... If you can't... If, if school is so expensive for you, right? It's either you're going to invest and go back to school again, take on more debt, unless right. you get a scholarship, mm-hmm. to then move up... You understand? Or you're going to find something entrepreneurial to do. Even if you want to stay at 95, there are lots of people that they do business and they never plan to leave their work. They like what they do. Right. Right? So you have to find what works best for you. A lot of people don't want to do business, but they're not comfortable in them job. You can't just complain, complain, I just complain. think it's the whole concept of like them free and like... Yeah, but fair Them don't know what dreams. to do. Them don't know what to do. I think it's the most annoying thing when I sit down with somebody and they... They literally complain and they don't want to find a solution. You and understand? That's, and, and that's what a lot of people do. Like, them complain. Like, oh, just God, complain mm, for the whole life. Oh, government work. Government do work. nothing to change that situation. Exactly. You sit down there and there's people out there that take up themselves and leave. And they're, they're making big moves. It's a risk. But then day, you just have to believe in yourself. And you have to know what the life that you want for yourself. If what you're doing now cannot give you the life that you want for yourself, you have to go and pen to paper. How we're gonna change this, right? Yeah. And it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. I mean, like, there are lots of people who I know who start with something very small and it turns into a big thing, you know? Exactly. As you say, you have your friend who paints. Yeah, people look at people, people, young people are killing it right now. And this, to me, this day and age is the best time to be doing things. So there's so many opportunities. People are open. It's not like back in the day when everything was so traditional. Everybody wanna do something new now, right? So, this is the time. Yeah. You can't be afraid. You have to step out. It don't matter if somebody's doing it already. Do it. Yeah. Bring it your way. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of people that are sitting down and have an idea in their head. And then another person going to run with it. Yeah. So, do what you need to do to make money. All right. So, we're almost wrapping up. Um, I want you to just say, like, being a financial advisor and all of that, do you think that we are in trouble as millennials? 
Mm. Like based on not not really just based on your clientele, but like you know research and going to school and all of that and learning all of this stuff. Are we in a safe position? Do you think that we're handling these things well? Mm. The truth is, I I'm half and half. I don't think we're in trouble because I feel like well, specifically in Jamaica, there's lots of opportunity coming mm-hmm. up. I find that millennials are very they're doing their research mm-hmm. right they realize that listen if we continue this away yeah no now go go on for me so we need to go find we need to go learn what we need to learn right um so i don't think we're in trouble i think our generation is very creative we're very we don't sit down and we don't get we don't really get comfortable mm-hmm Right. This is and that's what the traditional people don't like. Yeah, they don't like jobs it. quick. If it's but not the thing is, we have so many examples around us of people that have done that, and in our in our world, there's so much. Like for example, social media. We're seeing things. We want it, and we realize that how we're living, we can't get it. We want to travel. We want. We've seen things that other people are doing in other lands of opportunity, and we want the same. So I find that, you know, our minds are are booming, and yeah. we're trying we're we're trying to we're trying to break as you said break out of brokenness, right? And we're doing anything um, that we need to. So I'm not worried. I just think that the people like in my profession, we need to just go there and just educate as much as possible. Because the truth is, when I sit down with people, I rarely ever I've never met somebody that said that the information wasn't valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they tell out something now or not, it actually opens up something in their mind to say, yeah, okay, to this say is something I really need to yeah, yeah, I need to really look into. Um, so I'm not worried about our generation at all. Well, I mean, as you say, like, I, I can share personal experience, like, I mean, I don't have it all together now, but mm-hmm. as you said, there are a lot of opportunities coming up. You have this stock, JMB, that they opened exactly. back their APO and, you know, IPOs, all of those things, the highway being whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just for people to know what's out to there know. Ask and questions also the veracity of it know, know that it's true and not a scamming business mm-hmm. always ask just... you questions always ask you questions if you see something and you're interested and you don't understand ask you questions go in find out information um and speak to the professionals yeah and just know how to manage your wealth and your money know how to be deliberate be intentional just like how you're intentional about so many other things this is something that you really have to be intentional about yeah. i tell people all the time it's really a relationship and even though I'm a financial advisor, I should not be your first financial advisor. You yourself are your first financial advisor. If I come and sit down with you, you should be able to tell me the numbers off the bat. You should be always you should always know your financial situation. Mm-hmm. Right? So Final words, Yasmin. Um to that to that millennial who is struggling, to that somebody who just don't know the way or they don't know where the next dollar coming from, what will you just say to them? Um, I would tell them to keep hopeful, um, be positive. We have, there's so many success stories that we've heard of people that were literally dead, broke, life. We don't know what's what's coming to us. Just be positive and know that things can turn around. One, it's all about the mindset. Yeah. So and that's everybody what I would may tell be a Warren Buffett, but like just having. It's all about money. your mindset. Yeah. It's all about your mindset. Be positive. You see yourself going somewhere. You'll get there once you just keep positive about it and just 
take the necessary actions to fix that situation. Hold on, do you see yourself in something like this profession? Oh, I love it. I feel like I would do it for you. You genuinely love it. Yeah. I genuinely love it. Um, how long I might do it for someone is the real question. Maybe going to consultancy, but I do love the finance world and I just want to learn as much as about it as possible so I can. I feel like this is a purposeful job because you know you're helping people. So yeah. Before we go, just close out on that fifty thirty twenty thing um, to people so they can take that away. From fifty thirty twenty. Remember that 50% of your income is your needs, 30% your wants, and 20% or more mm-hmm. um, your investments and savings. Always try and remember that and stick to that rule. Okay. Alrighty. Thanks so much for joining well, thanks me Thanks for today. having me. It was, it was really fun. a good episode. <laughs> yes. Um, and I hope that people can really learn from this. Yes, it's a good they program. They should, yeah. I mean, this was a whole lot of stuff. Yes. And um, guys, if you have a credit card, remember to pay minimum payment. Or just pay <laughs> your bills. You know? Please, please. That's another thing that a lot of people have issues with credit cards. So. Yeah. That's a yeah. whole other topic. Yeah. 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 But thanks for coming today. And guys, this was episode 9, Broke Out of Brokenness. Trying to find ways as millennials to get some financial literacy and build our wealth management. Thanks, Yas, for coming You're welcome. In. And remember, guys, you can find her on Instagram at yasminreed underscore builds wealth. Alrighty, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Thanks for listening to Living Millennially with Steph Kai. If you like what you just heard, please share, leave a review, or you can follow the Instagram page at Live Millennially or me on social media at Steph Kai 8 Be sure to check out the other episodes if you haven't. What are you waiting for? Join us next time for another episode of Living Millennially with Steph Kai. I'm Steph Kai. Until then, what good?